welcome to the Middletown podcast. I'm Kat Hughes and I'm part of the research team here at Middletown. Today we're joined by Mel Ramwales, a researcher at Cray, the Centre for Research in Autism and Education at UCL. She's currently a lecturer in psychology at their Institute of Education and she's involved in lots of fascinating research, not least her work around employment and in particular disclosure. We know that disclosure can be a really tricky topic to navigate for young people who are starting to think about transitioning into the working world. It might be that someone is used to having supports in place and they're thinking about disclosing so they can access accommodations, or maybe that someone doesn't feel entirely comfortable talking about their diagnosis with new people. We wanted to find out more about autistic people's experiences. First, though, I wanted to find out why Mel was keen to focus her research on disclosure. Um, so my first interest was actually studying employment outcomes for autistic people in general. And that's because before I was a researcher, I was actually a teacher and I worked primarily with autistic teenagers and young adults who were transitioning out of education into employment. And this experience just showed me firsthand how the world of work was just not set up well for autistic individuals. There were so few opportunities available for my students, and even fewer employers who actually understood what it meant to be inclusive. So when I switched to academia, I became aware of the fact that the employment rates for autistic individuals were alarmingly low, both here in the UK and in other countries. So I started thinking about the kinds of challenges that autistic people face in workplaces and why this might be the case that so few are in employment when so many want to work and are capable of working. And then I started asking questions like, would it make a difference if an autistic person told their colleagues and employers that they were autistic? Would it make things better or worse for them? And then I realized this would make a great PhD. And luckily, my amazing supervisor, Anna Remington, agreed. And so, so when you kicked off your research... And what did we know about disclosure in relation to autism? Personally, not a lot about autism disclosure and even less about autism disclosure specifically in workplaces. So for many years, a lot of the disclosure literature focused on other conditions. And the term used in the literature frequently is concealable stigmatized identities. Um, And a lot of the studies focused on things like mental health conditions or someone having experienced trauma or having gone through an experience that might stigmatize them, like having terminated a pregnancy. Um, There were a few studies on autism disclosure in workplaces, but the majority of these focused on measurable outcomes, like the hiring decisions of the potential employers and the ratings that employers assigned to people. Um, I really wanted to focus on the experiences of disclosure from the perspectives of the autistic individuals. Now, some of the work that had been done on disclosure in social situations, like what Noah Sasson and his colleagues have done in their lab, was so relevant to what I wanted to study. But I also wanted to explore the social aspect of disclosure when combined with this really highly stressful situation of being in a workplace where maybe a lot more is on the line such as your livelihood. And I wanted to understand how disclosure could either mitigate or exacerbate workplace challenges. Fantastic. I, I love the fact that you're kind of putting the, the lived experience at the heart of, of what you're doing. So how did you go about conducting your research then? So I did, I focused on disclosure from my doctoral research and my PhD was actually funded 
by Autistica, and it fell within their Discover Autism Research and Employment Project, which is called DARE for short. So through DARE, we launched a UK-wide survey on employment called the Diverse Minds Survey. And my questionnaire on disclosure was just one part of this. And the survey was aimed at increasing the knowledge base surrounding disclosure and finding things out like what's the most common point in time for autism disclosure during the employment journey, um, what are the most common reasons for people to disclose or not disclose, what factors do they consider, and what kind of support they receive when making this decision. So that was my first study, and I followed it up with a qualitative study involving interviews with autistic adults about their experiences of disclosure. I actually have a third study, which has not been published yet, um, about employers' perspectives on disclosure on the application materials, because we found that this is one of the most common points in time for disclosure, which was surprising. And so what did you find were people's main concerns around the idea of disclosure? So above anything else, even more than seeking legal protections and more than obtaining workplace adjustments, we found that autistic individuals' biggest concern was how other people would react and how they would be treated after they disclosed and what the perceptions of other people in the workplace would be. That was their biggest concern. We also found that the most common reason for disclosing was to increase understanding and acceptance from other people in the workplace. And conversely, the biggest worry was that colleagues and employers would react negatively through bullying or even discrimination. What did you find that disclosure kind of looked like for, for most of the people in your study? Like who, who was it that they were disclosing to and at what point were they disclosing? So there was actually a lot of variability in the experiences that I heard about from my participants. Um, disclosure can look quite different for everyone. It's largely determined by the individual's own comfort level the relationships they have with their colleagues, and of course, the culture of their organization. But what we did find was that the most common point in time for autism disclosure was after starting the job. So autistic people tended to disclose when they had already been hired. But oftentimes, disclosure was a response to difficulties that they had at work and they felt that they had to tell other people that they were autistic in order to mitigate some of these difficulties that they were encountering. So in these instances, it seems as though disclosure was actually more of a necessity than a choice, which, as you can imagine, created a very difficult situation for some of the autistic individuals that I spoke to. Um, the second most common point in time for disclosure, as I mentioned earlier, was on the application materials. And it could be that this was just the ideal way to gauge if an organization was inclusive or not. Um, surprisingly, very rarely did people choose to disclose during the job interview. And I, I say this is surprising because there were a lot of studies done where disclosure during a job interview was, was looked at. And I realized that this is not the case. A lot of autistic individuals would not choose to disclose during the interview. I think probably because it's already such a nerve-wracking experience, and disclosing can kind of increase anxiety around the interview, and it's just not something that a lot of my participants did. So in terms of who autistic people chose to disclose to, the majority who participated in my studies 
had disclosed to everyone at work, but some also chose to disclose to select few individuals. And this was sometimes based on the perceived trustworthiness of these individuals and sometimes based on necessity, like they had to tell their line managers so that they could obtain adjustments. What was the sort of the the demographic of the the people in your study? Like, was it, what was sort of the age bracket? I'm just wondering if that sort of has any impact. We had a pretty good age range. For the first study, at least, we had um, over 200 participants and they spanned the age range. Um, What I found really interesting was that in my second study, the average age of at that they were when they were diagnosed was quite high. Like a lot of them were late diagnosed autistic individuals. And I think that's something worth exploring. It wasn't really within the um, study itself. It's not something we looked at, but I think it is definitely worth exploring. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and is there anything that, that from your research that you think employers can do um, for if, if, say, a young person is, is sort of transitioning into the workplace or generally for autistic people, is there anything that employers can do to um, support people around disclosure and then within the workplace? Um, first, I just want to say that I love this question because asking what employers and colleagues can do and not what autistic individuals should do to make it easier. And that's because I, I think that for far too long, we've put the onus on autistic individuals to manage their own disclosure outcomes, when really it should be employers who should be supporting their employees. So what we really need to work on for other people is improving their autism knowledge, increasing their understanding of autism. I think that's really important. Um, Disclosure is an inherently social act, and it depends on the reactions of other people quite a bit. Um, We also need to create workplaces that are more generally inclusive of everyone. Um, And an inclusive workplace might be a place where disclosure isn't even necessary because, you know, it's just so welcoming for all people. Um, But of course, disclosure should be welcomed. This needs to start from the top down, I think because organization leaders are the ones responsible for creating organizational cultures. Um, For example, if you have a CEO who's advocating for workplace adjustments, you'll find managers throughout that organization who are far more willing to make adjustments. So there need to be clear disclosure protocols, I think, in place that protect autistic individuals and tell them how and when they can disclose safely and to whom. I'd also like to see way more follow through after disclosure to make sure employees are comfortable and have everything they need and aren't facing discrimination or bullying from colleagues as a result of disclosure. That's something that I found in my research that there wasn't a lot of follow through. You know, you would have these individuals who are making this really tough decision to disclose and nothing would come of it. So that was really a shame. Um, I realize all this sounds kind of like a wish list, but I do think organizations need to get on board if they want to tap into the wealth of talent and professional competencies found within the autistic community. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, that's, it's a really interesting thing because I have, I have an autism diagnosis myself and for my, like, the past few jobs I've had, being I'm, I'm 
very out as an autistic person and it sort of contributes to my role and makes it sort of being autistic is, is a part of my role in a way it, it sort of makes me better at my job I think um but previously it was very much um if I heard that someone had a, a child who was autistic then I would disclose to them or if if, if they said something and, and clearly had an understanding of autism in some way they would be a person that I would disclose to but it was very much about sort of feeling out whether someone had that understanding of autism and, and how it, it may impact me and my role and how it might, you know, what the strengths I might bring to the role as well. But yeah, it, it was about sort of the understanding was so important. So I think if that can be brought to organisations, it would make such a difference. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I'm thinking about the participants who experienced positive outcomes after disclosure. And oftentimes it was things like, you know, disclosing did make them better at their jobs and they became kind of the go-to person. Um, often they worked in schools and they were really good at working with the autistic individuals because they just understood them better um, and had lived experience. Um, and yeah, a lot of them said, you know, I remember a participant told me that they told their manager and they were like, oh yeah, my, my son is autistic. I understand. And it's, it's always, it's, it's a little bit tough to gauge how well the people understand autism, the people around you understand autism. Um, but it's definitely a consideration. Usually, absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and is there anything that autistic people can take from the research in relation to sort of thinking about disclosure, how they might feel about disclosure? Because I I, I agree that I think the the emphasis really should be on the employers and colleagues to sort of build an inclusive workplace. But then is there is there a way that autistic people can better understand the disclosure process? Right. So um, I'd like to qualify this first by saying that disclosure is such a personal, individualized experience. So it's really hard to have one right answer. Um, that being said, I hope it is helpful for autistic individuals to see the common experiences among people who've had to make this decision. Um, I think what makes disclosure so difficult is that the outcomes can be so unpredictable. So it 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 seems like a risk at times, um, but it can be a calculated risk. So in our work, we've we've tried to highlight the factors associated with the outcomes of disclosure, like as I mentioned, how much your colleagues understand autism, um, also how willing to make adjustments people in your workplace seem to be. This might be something that you observe you know, how flexible the organization can be. And of course, that is related to organizational culture as well. And I hope these considerations make the decision somewhat easier. Um, and I think it could, can be helpful to see what the possible outcomes can be. Um, I do think there's much more work that needs to be done on this topic, and I intend to do it. Um, but there also needs to be way more work on improving outcomes, employment outcomes for autistic people in general. We really need to draw more attention to this. It's a crisis of unemployment right now in this country and others. And um, I hope employers will realize how difficult disclosure can be and take steps to support their employees through it. What sort of uh, research are you working on at the minute in terms of, of employment? So for employment-related research, um, we've got some exciting projects in terms of looking at the future priorities of the autistic community in terms of what is important to them, what they want explored in 
on the topic of employment research um, and also looking at things like career progression and what that looks like. And what I'm really excited about actually is that I'm supervising a few master's dissertation projects right now that I think are are so important. Like one of my students is looking at the self-employment experiences of autistic people, which I don't think there's a ton of research on. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, and another one is looking at the sensory environment of the workplace. So yeah, there's a lot of things going on and um, yeah, I'm very excited about it. And, and where would you like to see autism research in relation to employment kind of go next? First and foremost, I really need to, I would like to see research that addresses the priorities and concerns of autistic people. I think research needs to respond to what members of the autistic community want and need. Um, I'd also love to see more research being done using participatory methods. I think we need to create safe spaces in academia where autistic people have the power to direct research and are given that power and that power is shared with them um, and where they can use their expertise and their lived experience to inform research. Related to employment, um, I'd like to see more studies on mental health and well-being of autistic employees. I think that's really important. Um, studies on making workplaces more inclusive and studies addressing the barriers to employment that autistic people face. And ultimately, I'd of course like to see this translated to better workplace environments and improved employment outcomes. Our, our listeners can't hear me nodding enthusiastically for all of that, <laughs> but I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And um, thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thank mm-hmm. you.